Hello, my name is Dominic Laurie, Head of Comms for TalkTalk, the UK's leading affordable connectivity provider. And this is the third episode in our podcast series called Walking the Walk, a look into life at TalkTalk and the stories behind the scenes and the people who tell them. My guest this week is Isla Simpson, a marketing executive for TalkTalk Business. She's profoundly deaf, but could talk to me as a result of a groundbreaking device she was the youngest in the UK to receive. Just 20 now, she left school at 17 and has never looked back, but it wasn't always easy. Isla, thank you very much um, for, for coming on to Walking the Walk podcast. There are many interesting things about you, but one thing I'd like to concentrate on and talk about because it's so interesting now is that you have not only you've got serious um, hearing impediments, but you also have a quite an amazing treatment and solution for those. Tell me about about you in that area. So, well, I I was born profoundly deaf um, and my parents actually didn't know that I was deaf until two years old. So it was around that time that I got, um, I was actually the youngest person in Britain to receive a cochlear implant. What is a cochlear implant? What is it? What is what does it look like? How does how does it work? Well, a lot of people know about hearing aids, but they, there's not much awareness about cochlear implants. So the basic basic difference is that a hearing aid amplifies whatever sound that that person has, whereas a cochlear implant creates frequencies from scratch. So without when I take my cochlear implants off, I can't hear anything at all. So a lorry could go by me, and I I wouldn't know. A jumbo jet could take off beside you and you and you, you exactly. wouldn't know it was there wow so you're like a trailblazer you're 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 one of these these people that that tries and tests a new medical solution before other people yeah my mum had to really push very hard for it because back then in the deaf community they were very very against the use of cochlear implants because they felt that you had to um you know stick with your identity um so the doctors were constantly advising her to not go down that route and she really really pushed for it she had to drive me about eight hours per day down to hospital down in Nottingham um so yeah my mum was the best she really really pushed for me to get those cochlear implants wow so you so you're you have them and so I can I can imagine so basically that how are we having this conversation now is that you've got a you've got a wire coming out of the laptop and it's going into a, a device that's behind your ear and that's and that's what so create literally creating creating frequencies that make sense to your brain based off my voice. I won't pretend to know all the scientific details about <laughs> it because I really don't. But um, yeah, I'm I'm wearing these special headphones right now that connect directly into my implant. So um, when I'm wearing these, I can't hear anything at all other than whatever sounds going through the headphones. I can sometimes be on work calls during the day and my doorbell's going off or people speaking in the background and I won't know a thing. That means you can focus, Isla. Yes. You have extraordinary (laughs) focus. (laughs) Oh, that's... But I mean, the obvious question is that, you know, you've had to cope with the pandemic and everybody working on Teams um, so, so I guess before the pandemic, in quote unquote normal life, you would use a mixture of sound, but also people's lips. You, you're also you're also lip reading as well. So you have two two sources of information. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, growing up, I've always 
um, being in mainstream schools. I've never really been around a deaf community, so I've always had to rely on my cochlear implants. But since the pandemic started, I didn't realise how much I subconsciously relied on lip reading. Like I can't like people wearing a mask. He says I can't hear anything at all. I mean, there are there are deaf nurses out there who have had to move on to admin roles and they've lost their jobs and their passion completely. Um, yeah, and I think there's been enough focus around creating deaf friendly masks. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not just it's, it's not just Teams meetings. It's masks, and and that takes away a huge amount of even if you have cochlear implants, it takes away a big source of information for you. So it creates disadvantage for people in society yeah absolutely and then on team calls um i have trouble anyway hearing through anything technical because i I tend to hear like a background static noise um from time to time and it's quite hard to follow along with the conversations on conference calls especially when there's multiple people talking and and I tend to struggle a lot with accents. And so since I've been talk, talk, everyone's got a very, very strong Northern accent. So that's been a bit of a struggle. <laughs> so you're having to learn a new, a whole, whole new sort of sensory language. Yeah. Um, with, with the Northwest accent and all the other accents that people have at Talk Talk. That's funny. Um, so I, but you know, I, I work personally on a, I, I work on a project with you. You're doing a great job, but it's just, you, you have to, do you have to ask people to make allowances or you don't want to? I guess it's that, you know, you you don't want to create yourself out to be a sort of special case, but you also need to have some, you know, some sort of allowances made and some ways to just cater for how you work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm only 20 years old and I'm still constantly learning how to do it because a lot of it does rely on my heart by letting people know that I'm deaf and learning to um, make them aware because I can't expect anything of anyone if they um, aren't aware of, you know, how they could help. What are the things that 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 that, that people should do? You know, I mean, because mask wearing, unfortunately, is is pretty obligatory, and luckily, we're not in the situation where we have to do it in our own homes, um, so that is okay for video calls for you. Um, but what differences can we make on video calls? Is it speaking clearly? Is it not using slides the whole time? What 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 makes things easier for you? Speaking clearly, keeping the video on, um, so I can subconsciously lip read. I think just overall, there's no easy quick fix with this. Um, you know, I've been trying to buy them on for ages. Trust me, but um, <laughs> there's. I, I think it's just having people be aware of it and understanding if I need to jump onto a one-on-one call if I miss something beforehand. Um, it's, it's just people being understanding and being patient, I guess. But let's flip it on its head. You know, you're, you know, you're thriving. You know, we're a year into the into the pandemic. You, you know, you're working. I work with you. You know, it's 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 functioning. It's all you know. It's it's okay, isn't it? It's you know, are you are you quite proud of yourself? And are you are, are you quite you know you're not surprised, but you know about how you're doing. Yeah, perhaps I'm, not surprised. Um. I am really proud of myself, actually. I mean, I left school quite early. I didn't do my A-levels because I was just, I moved from a GCSE environment to A-levels where it was all very, very lecture-based. And I was finding it very, very hard to follow along. Um, And because I wasn't classified as like a normal deaf person because I could speak, the council in that area um, decided against me working alone as opposed to in the classroom. Um, And so I left school early because I was simultaneously doing work experience. And I decided that that just... I was just learning so much more quicker in that environment. I was really passionate about what I did. So I dropped out of school at 17 years old and I've been working since then. And here I am working for an amazing company who is just 
been so understanding of my disability, been finding so many ways to help. How have you How have you found that Talk Talks made it support a supportive environment for you? What's a What's two or three things that you can list out that is great for us, but also other companies could maybe learn from? Just the fact that they've taken the time to have several discussions with me to see how that they can make it better on their end, even if there isn't any technology out there. It's just the fact that they've taken the time to be really understanding and trying to gain more information of what they could do as a business to help. Um, and, you know, I have an amazing manager who completely understands if I don't hear on a call and says she'll catch up with me afterwards. Um, just thinking about it, just taking a bit of time. Doesn't sound that it's that stressful for a business to have to do it, but it's just thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, 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 you mentioned that perhaps school wasn't supportive, perhaps not as supportive as your, your current employer in Talk Talk. It sounds like that school schools need to learn how to cope with someone that perhaps fits in the middle, not you know profoundly deaf and and, and needs to be or wants to be around solely other deaf kids and not entirely mainstream. Did do you feel that you sort of fell between two stools and suffered as a result? Yeah, definitely. I think I was definitely between two worlds where I didn't fit into the deaf community at all because I didn't know sign language. I couldn't really communicate with them. And then also the same with the hearing world. Um, so with the mainstream schools, I don't think that they're equipped enough to deal with cochlear plant users because it's a very new thing in society and everyone's still constantly learning today. Um, especially London-based. I know that there's not many deaf kids in London I mean I used to go to a school until I was five years old and it's completely shut down and there were so many when I was a kid and they the government's just shut them all down since because of lack of funding so it's a real shame what's fascinating is that you uh, you speak very well you 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 speak in a way that many people would not realize you have um as you know a, a, a hearing disorder of any sort um, how did you teach yourself how to do that? How does how how did that how did that come about? Um, I think it was a mixture of growing up in a completely mainstream environment, like family and school wise, and I also attended two schools until I was five years old. So one was um, for cochlear plans and helping them speak correctly. And I'm I to be honest, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you because I meet doc- doctors in the cochlear implant profession all the time, and they always get really really surprised at how well I can speak. Um, because there's other kids who are growing up mainstream and they don't do it as well. But I really do think it's a real attribution to my mum and my godmother growing up who took the time every single night to teach me until um, yeah I could. What would your advice, Isla, be for for a young person, whether a school leaver or a graduate or whatever? Um, going into the workplace who has a profound hearing disorder like yourself, um, what would your message be to them about what's possible and how they should feel about working? I would say be completely transparent in what and what works for you um, and be confident in your identity and don't try to avoid it because in turn that's just going to make it worse in the long run. You, you've made a success of yourself. Um, there will you'll you'll be conscious that there'll be other people that still have challenges people in similar situations to you maybe in other countries and grew up in other ways without that mum and that godmother that supported you um what's your ambition 
what's your ambition for those people? How how do you feel that you can maybe reach out to those? What example can you set? So I'm, I'm very, very conscious there's a lot more underprivileged kids in the world who are deaf. I mean, about 60% of the deaf community in the world live in third world countries and about 80% of that population can actually have their hearing restored at a young age, but they just lack the tools and the medicine to um, have that in place. I mean, because they're growing up in such a disadvantaged world, they completely are absolved of education and just normal day-to-life purposes and interacting with people. And it's just a real, real shame. So along with, I don't know the specifics yet, but I really want to help them in some way in the future, as well as um, increasing the awareness around cochlear implant users. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.